episode 141 of The Winning Agenda. My name is Jesse Marshall and joining me tonight as always is my lovable by-road sidekick Wilfred E. Horrig. How are you Wilfie? Good. We're recording in real life again so Jesse can see my me glaring at him yes. across the screen. It's quite intimidating um, and also intimidating is the Dark Lord himself, Dave Hoyland. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to have you on again. It's been quite a while. It has indeed, yes. And uh, joining him all the way from sunny England is Mark Mottram. How are you Mark? I'm good, thank you. Uh, so we're here at Worlds 2017, and Mark and Dave have been kind enough to join Wolfie and I in a bit of a pre-Worlds sealed envelope uh, time machine chat about what we think is going to be good, and then we're going to release it after Worlds, and we'll either look very silly or very smart. Um, or maybe both. Or, or maybe both. Yeah. Like editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so what we're going to do is sort of run through what decks we're thinking about playing at this point in time. So it's currently, what day is it? Wednesday night. Yeah. So we haven't played King of Servers. We haven't played Icebreaker. Uh, we're just coming off our testing alone. And we're going to talk a bit about what we think we're going to play, why we think we're going to play it, uh, and what, what other decks we think will be good in the metagame. Uh, so we might start... Uh, there's, a, there's a bit of a power disparity, I guess, between the two sides, which I think is a good starting point, um, in that I think we've all discussed a little bit that Corp decks at the moment are at that place in the metagame where they're pulling runners in a lot of different directions, and that presents a lot of issues when you're building a runner deck. Um, Dave, how have you found that? So it's really difficult for runners at the moment to deal with the fast advance decks, the kill decks, the um, asset spam decks, which are all viable um, because you need different tech for them. So one of the challenges is not necessarily building a deck which is good against kind of all of those things because you'll never make a deck which can is good against all of them but is trying to pick which one or two things that you think are going to be prevalent in the meta and doing the best deck for that so um, it's also a bit of a weird place in, in the meta for runners at the moment where following the ban and restricted list and rotation that a lot of denial cards and a lot of multi-access cards have gone. So actually that's put some of the runner factions in a bit of jeopardy really because um, they're put a massive drain on their influence again. Mm. And there is something to be said for forcing runners to sort of pay to access cards and not just being able to remote camp and also giving corps different options for how to deal with runners and win the game, but it feels like the ledger might have tilted a little bit far towards the corpse, perhaps. But maybe that's a good thing for the game. Yeah, and I think it's you know, we haven't we haven't got the kind of first cycle, so kind of when rotation should have actually happened was when we started getting new packs um, so it might be that a lot of these things which have rotations taken out such as the multi-access and denial cards we might actually see some of those in the first few packs of the new cycle um, but rotations effectively happened early so it's a bit of a, it's a very strange meta yeah and Mark how have you found that on the runner side um, 
I guess the main card that Dave's sort of alluding to there, to there is Account Siphon, which both of you have played extensively <laughs> in the past. I'm so um, sad. <laughs> and there are definitely some sad looks on both of your faces. Um, has that basically consigned criminals and sort of econ denial anarchs, along with losing vamp, to unplayability? Yeah, so I think on the uh, runner side, you're kind of facing kind of a choice of playing one or two factions. I honestly don't. Uh, criminal is viable, um, unless you're kind of look at guys the main problem is economy um, and there's very kind of limited options with regards to that and as Dave was kind of saying is it's really difficult to be having a deck which has kind of got answers to everything that's possible so you've kind of got one on one side you've got okay well I can be really good against a kill matchup and potentially the fast advance but at that point I'm going to really suffer with the asset spam um, and it's really difficult to, to find enough tech slots because everything that comes out going to be talking about CI and asset spam um, and fast advance you've got kind of key key text cards but quite a lot of the time you're having to spend influence on those and there's an issue with slots as well it's really difficult to kind of go into a tournament and say right well I know that I've kind of got an okay matchup against this this and this but if I see this I'm going to be really sad and that's not a, a good position to be in going into a tournament so so weirdly I think that is normal and I think that is good for a meta yeah so like Give you an example. How many times do you go into a tournament playing Siphon Wiz going, if if everyone's playing Glacier, we're just going to lose because. You mean it, like what happened to me last year at Worlds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think make, t- picking a deck where it's like, this is my good matchup or these are my good matchups, but this is these, they, they're terrible. Yeah. I, I think that's, would, that's would, what makes, you know, good players is making that medical, mm-hmm. right? Would you not think that the more so than ever you kind of restricted ban list and where we are now it's kind of more extreme than ever so like you could say with Siphon Waste for example if you play against Glacier if you play against like someone that maybe isn't as experienced in that you can sort of play around it and get around that sort of thing whereas now if you don't have any hate for CR or if you don't have any hate for assets ban that you're more than likely going to lose to even like the middle lower end kind of standard of players yeah that's probably true unfortunately but it has been like this before for runners, though. Yeah. So when bioethics prison lock killed X around, and runners had to deal with that as well as dealing with AstroScript pilot program and fast advanced decks, it was sort of like, how can you possibly build to beat decks at both ends of that spectrum? Yeah. Um, but that's part of the challenge of deck building, right? It makes. I, I think that kind of goes a little bit back to economy as well, right? Um, as we were talking about last night in Netman, and money is always power. Um, and like the removal of Tumagen and Blue Moose is just like, like it correct um, to say so given that Runner's like power creep over the court was insane um, but I think that the majority of the answers have kind of become incredibly expensive and those that aren't particularly expensive are kind of exploited by the likes of the potential for CTM and hard hitting news and things like that mm, hard hitting news is it was funny because when the banner restricted list was first released, I don't think many people thought hard-hitting news was going to be a big player, um, or certainly that was the public commentary that NBN wasn't good enough anymore, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But hard-hitting news is such a powerful card and such a powerful threat in that economy war that I think it's crept into other factions, as it always does. But So I think a couple of months ago, I was looking at <coughs> NBN and thinking, yeah, there's nothing nothing very exciting there mm. but actually more and more I've been seeing people and decks in MBN 
like in CTM and NEH, um, which people think are very strong. So, so we've done some testing with a variety of CTM lists, and while I'm not convinced they're as good as some of the other decks, mm. they are definitely viable. Absolutely. Um, and considering all their key cards have got nerfed, you know, their IDs are still very strong, and they are generally like they are a good faction. So they do seem to be kind of veering towards kind of pr- prisony style, yeah. Um, so or asset spam type decks. So I don't think they're very versatile at the moment as a faction, but mm. they there are definitely good MBN decks. I do kind of feel it has become fairer deck. Um, with the exclusion of like breaking moves anymore, um, but yeah, I think that also it's helped by Shaper probably being arguably the strongest faction. Um, they've traditionally always struggled with that sort of thing, um, and I do think that things like Smoke probably have like forty sixty uh, matchup against CTM if the kind of player uh, standard is probably about the same. Um, it's about kind of knowing what to trust and it is it, it always going to be a massive struggle if you don't have the hate in there and the hate is something you can always have answers to for example like you either splash for slams which isn't really a particularly viable option because you have very, have very little money to trash stuff or you're then looking at misdirection which of course can be like best defense um, and employee strip which is difficult to keep on the table and you've still got a problem with hard hate news yeah, and I guess a creeper card, or a sleeper card rather, for NBN has been uh, AR Enhanced Security, which I think has given those decks a lot more reach, yeah. uh, both NEH and CTM. And it, being able to be never advanced, it as part of an asset spam strategy, can be hard for the runner, because you don't want to run a one bad virtual tour early in the game, uh, but you do want to stop them from scoring the AR. Uh, so I guess that is a good segue from looking at what the better NBN decks are into some of the other factions. So Dave, we won't start with Jinjaki. We'll leave that one to the end. Uh, Wayland, do you think there are any viable Wayland builds that you've seen? I think Titan Fast Advance for me has been pretty much the only Wayland build, a couple of Argus decks, but they don't really seem to work. So my feeling is that the best runner deck or best run a faction at the moment is Shaper and that just comes back to the fact that um, they haven't lost all of their multi-access tools mm-hmm. um, now when you ask me a question about Wayland the, there's a direct link in with Titan which is um, if the majority of the field or at least a good percentage of it are playing Clot that's pretty bad for you Yeah. Um, and so, unless you can just outrush them because they can't find like an SMC or whatever, mm. um, I don't, I don't like Titan. I mean, I think it suffers from the traditional Wayland problem of able to get to match point and then mm. just gets locked, right? Yeah. Um, so the other popular Wayland um, ID as of late has been um, Scorp, mm-hmm. but because of the restricted list and, and the lack of clone ship. Um, and the change in economy a lot of um, shapers have been using tapworm as economy and because of all those things um, sacrificial construct has become a very common card in not just shaper decks really just generally across the board Mm. Um, and again so that's pretty terrible for score so um, the so I don't think there are brilliant Wayland decks there's probably something to generate out of Gagarin still, mm. um, but 
I'm not really convinced there's anything too exciting out of Wayland. Um, that Wayland's definitely in a better place than it was years ago, but in the current meta, I wouldn't want to play it, I don't think. Yeah, I think that incidental hate f- through Sacrificial Construct for Scorp is really important. Otherwise, yeah. it could be a viable deck, but I think with that, it just makes your core game plan a lot worse. Yeah, and, and you know, Employee Strike is still a card, which is seeing a lot of play, even though it's on the restricted list. Yeah. Um, which is, again, terrible for them. So it's probably also worth saying that there's quite a few Shaper decks that kind of have multi-options in terms of breaking particular pieces of ice, just because of the way that like certain HB decks may have gone in terms of playing awful ice suites that you kind of need a variety of tools to use, like, Shaper tools and techniques to be able to get in. So even if they do put pressure on you by kind of rushing behind a key piece of ice and um, hunter secreting something without Sakon on the table, you've probably still got an option to get accesses elsewhere later I mean, on in the game. That's the thing people love about Shaper, right? It's, it's always got an answer. It, mm. It's that toolbox sort of faction. I like to think of it as boring, but, you know. Um, <laughs> distance yourself as much as possible from that, Dave. <laughs> Fighting words. Uh, so Shapers. <laughs> we've covered NBN and Wayland. Uh, Haas Bioroid, I think it's uncontroversial to say that there's pretty much one tier one identity in Haas Bioroid this time around, just as they're... Yeah, I love ETF. Yeah, <laughs> just as they're sort of tended to be in the past, although, of course, CI, which is now the undisputed number one ID, has reared its head at various times, even while ETF was legal. But CI now has not just one possibility, but two, three, potentially even four different decks that you can play with it. Yeah. Um, so the, the four main sort of archetypes you want to group them that way are the brain rewiring combo with show of force, to yep. brain rewiring then do two meat damage and kill the runner, which can happen extremely quickly, turn four, five, six, um, quite consistently. Then there's a hard-hitting news boom variant, uh, which uses MCA austerity policy to force the runner into making runs or, or threaten a score, uh, and then hard-hitting news boom to follow up. There's a deck that tries to score seven points using you know the usual Kaguya, etc. with clones are not people. Um, and then there's a reversed accounts Brian Stinson MCA austerity policy deck that uses uh, Brian Stinson and reversed accounts in place of the hard-hitting news uh, to punish runners who do make runs and get too low on credits. Uh, those threats, even within that one ID, are extremely diverse and difficult for runners to respond to. Um, how have you guys found CI? I think it's kind of become the thing that most people are attacking against, um, just because of the way that the meta has gone, and obviously losing cards like Jackson, like it, it naturally becomes an okay identity for flooding and then just having the two main clearances the violet level and ultraviolet just kind of that ridiculous level of draw and the ability to draw combo pieces and keep them in your hand for an amount of time is certainly a problem and then the on top of that the way that people are going in terms of ice suites and being able to use mythic ice and uh, anti-ai hate to keep people out of um HQ R&D to kind of stop them from jamming those accesses. It's kind of made it the the problem deck and I think that's one of the main reasons why people have kind of gone to Shaper because it's the only thing that can kind of get set up quick enough get answers quick enough and then be able to splash to to kind of get like the information sifting, the legwork and the stuff like that to actually be able to 
to combat it and get any form of kind of win consistency against it. Like Dave and I looked at a couple of other options in terms of different runner factions that weren't boring shaper, but it's not really uh, it's well, not really viable. We spent a long time playing um, Apocalypse Val, mm-hmm. and I love that deck, yeah. and I think it's really really good. Um, played it against a whole range of decks, and it's been really dominant. Though it has one significant weakness, and it's CI. Mm. And I think CI is going to be so popular at Worlds. And it won't be everyone plays it. No. Um, because so people have a bit of a hatred of CI because it's just always been known as the, the combo deck. Mm. And now there's a lot of different options, and I think more people will be willing to explore it. But I don't think it will be something that everybody is happy to play. No. But there's going to be enough that you need to ha- have an answer to it. Even if it's 40-50% <clears throat> of the field. Yeah. Do you guys think it will be the most popular corp? I um, think so. I think as ID, I think it will be the most popular corp ID. Yeah. Uh, I would think so. Yeah. The other thing as well is like, it's quite a lower entry in terms of being able to play it. Like you literally sit there and can draw mm. cards and you go have a lot of these. I've had one yeah. And that it's when you're playing against people with hate and it becomes a little bit more difficult. But in terms of winning and kind of getting those those three easy ones for just, people that aren't just putting it. Putting down all those, you know, massive CI combos, Dan, Sam Burdock, you know, the, all the, these people. Like, oh, you, you just know. draw cards until you pull yeah. your combo. It's dead easy. Creating the combo is difficult, but I think anyone could pick up a brain rewiring combo deck and pilot it reasonably well. Like, yeah, it's such it, a linear style of play. It, yeah, it's, it's basically a tick list, right? Do I have these cards? Yeah. If I don't have card A, it can be replaced with card B. Like, and if I don't have any of them, I just draw more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's those sort of decks. Both. I mean, good CI players back in the day when I had to act doc and mm. those sort of combos. But even now, the good CI players are the ones who can think their way around hate and problems, yeah. and that those are the ones where actually they're they're amazing with the decks. Mm. Like actually learning the basic combos, that's not that hard. But it's when there's something that goes wrong yeah there's a fine art to that skill and there's definitely a skill in playing CI and getting it to the yeah. point where you can combo it and that's not like and that's why those people will be in and around the cup um, but there will be games that even those people and general masses that are playing it will just win like within like four or five times yeah sometimes your combo comes together yeah yeah it's joys of combo but sometimes their key cards will be on the bottom of the deck like yeah. there's variance so that's CI, and I think we can all agree it's going to be reasonably popular. Yeah, massive. Uh, I think that there will probably be a few more people on the NEH slash CTM yep. bandwagon than some people might think. Um, I think it could be around sort of 15% of the field, perhaps even a little more, on those things combined. Yeah, my, my gut feel if I, uh, for the meta was CI to be the most popular, um, and then probably CTM more than any age but either or um, would be quite popular as will um, something like PE so there's obviously the popular um, data loop PE deck um, and actually I think it's quite a good deck yeah um, again especially if you don't have any hate or you know it's it, it is a good deck and PE is always a deck that appeals to people people like kill decks and traps and that people love that stuff in Netrunner mm. so I th- I think a number of people will 
play that um, because it's a, it's a style of deck that they enjoy. Mm. Um, so yeah, I th- I, I think I, PE will get a good showing. Yeah, probably be thinking that CTM and PE will probably have about similar numbers. I imagine it'll be about 10-15% of the field. Mm, yeah, maybe. Mm, maybe. And then you've got everything else beyond that. Yeah, I mean, I think CI could easily be 50-60 on its own. Uh, so, moving beyond that, uh, back to Jinteki, which we've saved for last because you guys are probably both going to be playing that uh, on it's the corpse. Very likely. Yeah. So, and I'm also considering playing A-list. Uh, I did have a different one, and I may still play that, but I might play yours as well because I quite like that. Um, but yeah, let's let's start with that. So it's an ag infusion list that. So, so I've called it Hydra. So I want a regional with an early version of this um, months ago, um, which I've you know posted up on Netrunner DB. So it's um, the. The original idea I actually got from uh, John Delisandri, who's um, a really good player, and um, he was probably playing in a bit more of a janky manner. So he was playing an Agnifusionist with tech startups to go and get cards such as uh, Eliza's toy box mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I saw, I think he won a regional with it or came second. I can't remember now. Um, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, that's I never really considered using tech startup in that banner and in a non sort of assets ban type deck. Mm. And I was like, I don't really like the Eliza's toy box that much. Well, is there anything else I can kind of use and abuse? And me and our, my local kind of uh, testing partner, Dan, had been talking a lot about Blacklist. Mm. Um, and this was before Blue Moose came out. And we were what we were finding was. You you play blacklist at certain times and you just get game wins because people would just ditch their one off paperclip and you yeah just win yeah um, so so that was one of the key cards that um, drew us to um, kind of ag infusion with tech startup the other one was IT department because the card is still bonkers um, no one likes to play it because it's so maths heavy yeah but um, but yeah. There, there are times where you you get that running in uh, Ag Infusion and people are looking at, at your Chiashi where they're like, oh, you can make it strength 25. <laughs> uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't seem good. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it's effectively, you know, end the run ice, lots of money, horrible face check ice with, and then basically your, your toy, bo- not toy box, toolbox of assets to go and get so you've got Melange Mining Corp if you need money. You've got uh, One Power to deal with a gender flood. You've got Blacklist. You've got uh, IT Department, as just discussed. And then you've got MCA. MCA. So again, this card is stupid uh, <laughs> in pretty much everything. But it allows you to do some really cool things in um, Ag Infusion. First of all, it's obviously it's a denial thing on their clicks. But if you're not playing against... Um, a deck which is running clot mm. then you can safely click up that and score an agenda without ever putting it at risk in a remote mm. um, and you know scoring Nisei's from hand is pretty rare in Jinteki but very very powerful Yeah. Um, the ice suite allows it to rush as well but also the MCA um, again using it with in combination with the IT department to 
you know, in one turn have a five um, clicked IT department is crazy. So yeah. Another thing that people won't consider as well with Shaper, they're kind of like, all right, well, I'm okay with no remote locking. Yeah, with remote locking. So I've got four four clicks because I've got Beth, and you've usually got quite a lot of money because they've not run. Um, and then to go from that, going, all right, well, he can't score because I've got Clot and Satcon down. And then to go from that to just kind of going, right, well, I'll install and click IT department five times. And it's all of a sudden like, oh, um, this is a problem. Um, and really being able to struggle to firstly get the required stealth credits if it's a DNA tracker that's a strength stupid or uh, Chiashi and actually finding that amount of credits that you need if it's again a strength stupid. Yeah. So we're working on the assumption that there will be quite a lot of smoke decks. Um, smoke, from what we've seen, has definitely been a very popular runner. Um, and it's really hard to judge, right? Because you see people playing things and you think that's probably going to be popular. And you know it's like some of those decks are strong. Um, but the meta is constantly shifting. Mm. So people see that lots of people are playing smoke. And so they play things which are good against smoke. And s such as you know CTM prison type decks or whatever, mm. and then so the meta shifts again with people playing stuff that's good against those. So it it depends where everybody actually lands on the day. Mm. But yeah, I I think smoke is a good deck, and um, so we're playing uh, Tithonium in Ag Infusion, and it is brilliant. Um, it's really good face check penalty generally, um, trashing programs, especially in combination with Blacklist and Batty. Um, but the key one is the uh, trash resource on the run, which is brilliant for killing off net mercers and really slowing down smoke. Yeah. So that is certainly an interesting deck, and from the sounds of it, you guys are pretty locked on playing that. Um, yeah, I think a, a number of the guys in uh, from the UK are considering it, which, you know... volumes, I guess. It's yeah. It's a really high win percentage once you actually get over the... It's learning ...understanding curve. of how to play it. Um... So, it's really hard to say. Yeah, I think it's really good. Depend, you know, performance says everything, right? But it might be the wrong meta call. But every time I've played something else, like I've tried the various CI combo decks, or I've tried, we've tried various versions of CTM and stuff mm -hmm. like that, and I always kind of look back and go, "Is it as good as uh, Hydra?" No, in which case. What are some of the things you don't want to run into with Hydra? Um, so. Strike isn't good, mm -hmm. but actually, you know, back in during regionals, everyone was on strike, and mm -hmm. I kind of just kind of accepted the fact that your ability never did anything. Um, whereas now, in some matchups, actually, you, your ability is really, really good. Yeah. Um, so, but so strike is not good for it. Um, it's running over Carters, so film critics not good for it. Mm. Um, but again, it's I don't think it's unmanageable. Um, I guess one of the key cards I don't want to see is probably David. Um, yeah, it's they, got, it has they, got answers to David, but again, like, it makes you have an have the answer. Yeah. Um, so, I think, I mean, that takes off the makes the IT department lock win much harder. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think your um, your Anarch matchup, which is the normal faction smashing it reasonably strong anyway I mean blacklist and just generally kind of playing things if it's playing the conspiracy breaker sweep the ice is just naturally really expensive um, yeah that's true and, and 
you know, people don't know you're playing Blacklist, they'll make dumb mistakes. Yeah. Pick it. Yeah. It's something I think that Anarchs are going to have to play around a lot, not just Blacklist, but also Arc Lockdown. You just can't afford to discard if you're playing two of each, both copies of any one Conspiracy Breaker, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, so I guess the the last deck on the co-op side that I wanted to quickly chat about was the net damage, either PE or I've got a PU list that I've been considering playing as well. The deck that I've been considering playing is basically just a Cambridge style shell, leveraging Kakugo and Obokata to try and mill them out and be out of score Obokatas with impunity or kill them with overriders or whatever other threats you can in remotes. Um, yeah. But there's also the PE style deck, which is so the uh, data loop, yeah. Obokata synergy being exploited with Ben Musashi's, etc. You're obviously more vulnerable to film critic but i think certainly in my testing so far film critic ha- is far from the most common restricted card on the runner side and really e-strike is probably the most common particularly with the threat of ci so yeah. i think yeah that pe list using data loop and obokata or really just any jinteki list using obokata is significantly increased in power by the fact that runners attempted to run e-strike for for the ci matchup I think there's um, there's also a couple of other potential lists that I've seen floating around within Alien Fusion and Polana, which is kind of like a, a spiky glacier style type thing, which has kind of been like Ben Moashi, um, Carter, Ashes to an extent, but also then running like cheeky snares and just the horrible Jinteki Ice of uh, Kaguya um, and DNA trackers and stuff, and just kind of using that ability to kind of have a combination of kind of rush and also like additional tax which is cards rather than um, than economy mm. so that's uh the corp side i guess the decks that we think are good uh we know what you guys are playing i'm probably going to play the pu list or the um hydra list what do you think you expect to see sort of in the top four corp side yep depressingly ci yep i would agree with that maybe because one the sheer volume of people playing it uh, and two I do think that yeah it does get enough wins and there's a lot of good players that are experienced in playing it so you I'd be very surprised if there wasn't at least five to five plus five plus in the top 16 cut yeah and I would think that it would be pretty much reflective of the percentages that we've estimated so I'd you know, if we're talking top 16, I'd expect to see around eight CIs, eight to nine, um, and then a couple of NBN decks and a couple I, of Jinteki decks. I do wonder if there's a chance we're overestimating CI. Um, it's a bit of an interesting one because a lot of the kill decks, mm-hmm. um, especially, especially the boom type ones, actually um, players who don't normally do CI combo decks quite like those sort of decks because mm. it actually you know going back to the PE thing I was saying earlier people like kill decks yeah um, so I think those type of decks will see more common play but actually stuff like brain rewiring and um, uh, Brian Stinson type decks I don't think you'll see as many of those um, because I don't think people enjoy playing them that much mm. um, certainly not the majority like even if CI is the best deck there will be people who will not play it to give you an example Chris Dyer will not play CI okay um, you know people have little quirks where they're like they don't want to play particular decks Dan Diorginio doesn't really like playing NBN you know I don't 
don't really like playing Shaper, but apparently I'm going to be forced to. Yeah. Uh, so, the, so yeah, I, I think we'll, we might be overestimating CI because we might just be there might just be a lot of people who don't enjoy playing that style of deck, but it's definitely like that they, they are definitely like I, the I best decks. I think it's decks. kind of become like the boom decks kind of become like the Ben Nee Synclist. It's like one of those ones that you want to go to a tournament and winning is obviously fun and it's kind of the path of least resistance. You're playing six to ten rounds over two days and you're jet lagged and whatever. You want to play something that's not particularly that taxing and something that's going to get you wins. So and it, I feel like that, that the boom low testing CI list is that list. So interestingly, it a bit like the Harpsichord list from a couple of years ago, if people don't know about it and don't don't aren't practice playing against it, you just get lots of free wins. <clears throat> so when we became aware of it a few months ago, it was probably like a really really good deck. Now we've we've practiced the matchup. We maybe got some tech cards, even if they're not like purely for that matchup, just some all round stuff. Mm. And now actually that matchup's much more manageable. Yeah. But. It, if you don't know like that's what whenever there's a good deck and you don't know what it is you haven't seen it you don't know 90% of the cards in the list so you're you're guessing as you're playing well that's that's where things go wrong um, and, and it's that surprise factor that has a massive difference um, so there might be something we come across that's, that's one of the strengths though of CI isn't it that you don't know whether you need to run early to beat their brain rewiring combo before it kills you on turn 5 or you can't run early because they're playing boom the fact that those two threats pull the runner in completely different directions I think is one of the reasons why a lot of people uh, are actually still considering playing CI even though it is a known quantity I, yeah. I think that it's also going to be interesting and this is kind of like the the unique thing about worlds is the sort of fishbowl effect that the amount of things that's kind of in there and just changes really really quickly we were discussing that this um brain rewiring deck might become like the harpsichord this year what i mean by that is that a couple of years ago everyone was uh quite nuts about 24 7 um kill deck within harpsichord and loads and loads of people were convinced they were taking it and they took it to the icebreaker and the yep. meta had shifted because it's so, it was such an easy win deck that people were just like well I can't I can't be I can't not lose to that so therefore they just pack beyond reasonable amount of hate and that deck just became untenable um, and as a result everyone switched and food coach became the best deck because people got scared off it from doing that and I kind of just wonder over the next couple of days with icebreaker and but this is this is the thing you know what I was saying is everyone thinks smoke is the best runner so people are playing like prison decks because that's where she's bad and so people are now playing runner decks which are good against those decks etc 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 like the meta is constantly shifting in the lead up to worlds Mm. Um, and that's you know I think it's quite easy to get caught out like oh I we think these these decks are going to be the best decks so we'll play this deck because that's got good matchups and actually if the meta shifted again you can end up a step behind I think we're, the interesting thing about that is that worth pointing out of how unusually stagnant we've been when it comes to this, like we've been fairly settled on both our runner and corp for like the past two, three weeks, mainly because we've kind of as usual stayed away from like the the main, this is the the absolute best deck and we've kind of gone for, for something that has kind of got like a, a reasonable match against most things and kind of just relying on kind of knowing the right thing 
Yeah, it's tricky. Um, that that effect, the rock, paper, scissors, is definitely happening, though. Yeah. Um, whether it affects you guys in particular or the, with the metagame broadly, I think it's definitely affecting the metagame broadly. But it is interesting that you guys have been a bit more stagnant rather than changing your decks at so, 4am. Yeah. This is the first time that we haven't, right? So two years ago at Worlds, Dave and I were testing in our hotel room at like one in the morning and was playing prepaid Kate against Foucault's and just like, huh, this assassin's actually quite good. And it's like, I wonder if I should play three of them. And I was like, that seems good. And thus food coma was born. Um, and again, like with CTM coming into Worlds last year, like I built like a list out of that and put Enigma in it and tested it and we struggled to find anything that was better than that. But yeah. we, I literally built that um, as I was walking out of the door to get on the plane. So Yeah, it's just a test deck. So... You say we've been quite settled, but then we got in to Minnesota last night, and some of the, one of the first things that happened was we were chatting to some, you know, top tier netrunner players, and they were like, "Yeah, Anarch, hands down, best runner faction, gonna see be loads of it." And where they're going, like what? <laughs> we're hands down saying Shaper's the best faction, we're gonna see loads of it. What? So have we got something wrong? Has the meta shifted again? And I think that's a product of you guys not playing as much CI though, and playing more of your Hydra deck against other things. I don't think so, because what I think everyone is pretty, and, and based on the people I've spoken to, everyone's basically said, yeah, CI is bonkers. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, does Anarch have a good CI matchup? You're going to have to have a lot of tech, because it's not a lot, got a lot of stuff in faction for yeah. it. So, yes, you can make it good, but I don't think it's naturally good, so... Yeah, that... I, I guess is a good segue into the runner deck that I'm thinking of playing, mm. which is a, an Anarch list. It's an Edward Kim list using Edward's Kim, Edward Kim's innate ability to disrupt CI. Um, a lot of people were very keen on more for the same reason, that it gives you a chance to attack their HQ. Um, Edward Kim has that ability anyway. You don't have to pay six credits for it. Um, obviously, you can't hit any card, but you can steal agendas if you're running and you can trash their operations, which are generally the things that you want to get rid of. Um, the employee strike being the restricted card I guess is the crux of the deck and then everything else just sort of flows from there it's using conspiracy breakers which are not ideal and in fact the worst matchup for those sorts of decks that are using conspiracy breakers is an ag infusion style deck because you don't want to have to be breaking large ice and you certainly don't want your run events to be redirected away from the server you're aiming at <laughs> that um, employee strike obviously helps with that a little bit um, given that you can employee strike and then play a run event before they really have a chance to respond by trashing your strike, but it's still something that you have to play around, which is not great. Um, but in, in terms of the CI matchup, between Edward Kim's ability, uh, employee strike, um, and the information sifting legwork maker's eye suite of just being able to make impactful runs, you have a decent matchup against um, all the different types of CI in that you, uh, and also playing some of the hate like biometric spoofing to deal with the. Um, the Shell Force brain rewiring combo decks. So it, one, one of the big challenges is knowing which type they're on. Um, because if they are on brain rewiring Shell Force, you want to install the biometric spoofing, but you also want to be trying to disrupt their hand a bit. Um, if they're on the hard-hitting news boom, you don't want to be running early. Um, if they're on Stinson reverse accounts, you know not running about. is not enough to be safe. <laughs> you can't go poor, so you can't play that liberated and then the turn on four or five credits. You have to make sure you're above six at all times because ultraviolet to gain ten for one click is just such an obscene blowout. 
Um, but I think the one, the strength that the deck does have against CI is that employee strike is always good against all those types. It yep. really disrupts the brain rewiring combo. It disrupts the hard-hitting muse decks, forces them to keep agendas in hand, which makes your leg work and your sifting better later in the game. Um, so that's sort of the way that it's the really play style is congregated. Right? Yeah. It's really telling that CI is such a focus of decks that people are playing stuff like information sifting and, you know, you're, you're on triple employee strike and the same old things mm. because it's like this is the main threat. Yeah. And you need to have an answer to it. Yeah. Yep, that's true. And I guess because I see that as the main threat in the metagame, the other decks which I see as subsidiary threats, we've had to have some answers to, but they're fewer in the deck and less effective. So there's David and Spoon for DNA trackers and also for Fairchilds. Um, There's um, imps for the asset-based decks also having some utility against CI for being able to trash the second operation in a multi-access run or whatever else, um, or the MCA austerity policy. But those things are fewer in the deck, and if you don't see them at the right time, your matchup against the NBN deck or against the Jinteki deck is just not going to be as good. But So it is a big medical. On the run aside for you guys, we haven't really covered your list. I guess that's the last thing to cover, and that's a, a Haley list that you think you're playing. Yes. So... I am not a Shaper fan, as I've probably expressed. Um, and Sam Burdock, who's the UK national champ, sent me a Haley list um, to have a look at when we were throwing ideas back and forth, and Mark and I were playing around with Apocalypse Vowel and stuff. And we built it because Sam's a great deck builder. And like, we've changed some bits and pieces, and actually, I think us and Sam have come to more or less the same conclusions on a number of things, but. Um, it's really good. Like Mark and I have both played uh, GNKs over the last month and gone undefeated with it. Uh, and it's not my normal style, right? It's shaper, but it's um, boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it does a very good job of having an answer to everything. So it's very much a toolbox list, you know, using um, artist colonies and fan sites and etc. Shadownet as well. So yeah, one of the key cards is Shadownet, which mm. is it's got multi-access cards in the form of indexings and legworks and so on and so forth. Um, but it, Shadownet is so versatile. Yes, it can give you back your multi-access, but also it can be used on a scavenge to reset a fem. It can be used to do diesel, to draw more cards, um, so you can steal an overcarter or get you nine, nine credits, credits from a sure gamble or a stem hack or whatever. Um, so... Against a lot of CI decks, having clot threat with satcons makes a huge difference. Mm. It's not an auto win, definitely not, but it gives you much more time and allows you to apply much more pressure. Um, it's got good answers. To, it's got good regular breakers. So it's got Inti Lady. It's got Blade. Um, it's gone through several different versions of uh, Sentry Breaker. So it's it's got normal breakers that are efficient, but also it's got Atman and Fem, so it's got AI breaker answers, which in the CI match matchups were really important. Um, it's got feedback filter for the PE matchup. It's got hunting ground for the data loops, the um, uh, combiners, the data ravens, the da da. So it's it it is kind of that traditional shaper deck of it's got an answer to everything. Um, so. 
it, it's been really strong in that sense because you never sit down and think I, I can't win this mm-hmm. like some matchups are much worse like you know some of the CTM prison decks you know that they're much harder but it you know it, it's always got an answer because it's got stuff like misdirection so um, I'm not saying it's the best deck because that's stupid but um, I like the fact that you know you, you'd have to make less meta calls with it because it, it's very toolboxy um, so I think when the meta is constantly shifting this might be the, the best the best thing to play and you know, not you're not going to sit down against a PE player and go, "Well, I haven't got any tech, so I've got no game." Mm. So, um, I think that you know, a Haley. This is probably the the best thing I've seen or played. Certainly for my style, anyway, and very likely I'll take that. I don't even think I've got another runner deck built. Yeah, so I agree. I've kind of landed on that decision. I mess around with um, the smoke as well um, and I've been bored less, to death well bored to death but also less convinced um, it's just awkward and fiddly at times um, and I just kind of think that quite a lot of the time unless you kind of see all the cards in the right order or you get a particularly perfect start that you're going to end up in a few situations where you're less than happy I like to be in a situation where I can kind of look at something and go right well if they do this, then I know I can get in. And a lot of the, a lot of that's the beauty of running clone chips in Haley, I think, yeah. which you, which people are, like, or you rather have been missing in smoke, which is sometimes you draw into like your breakers, and you're like, well, I don't really want these, yeah. uh, but they're in hand. But they're in hand. Well, actually, I don't have any specific use for my clone chips in this matchup, so I will just use them so that if I actually do need my breakers, I can get them at instant speed. The economy in the deck as well is just very much focused towards netmarker, um, so much so that if you lose it, that's a massive problem. But and if you don't have it, you yeah. can't activate your switchblade or yeah. whatever else. Yeah. yeah, and you really kind of rely on that so much so that kind of your economy is really light, and you don't want to be kind of hard installing like a paperclip or a refractor or whatever from hand when you don't necessarily need to. Uh, and I think that's really good that we've got in the, the Halo list that while the economy is quite slow um, it's using professional contacts um, short gambles uh, etc that you we've put a couple of stim hacks in there to kind of close those scoring windows so that you're able to kind of go low on credits at times um, if you necessarily need, uh, need to and they'll go oh great I've got a scoring window here and then you've got that toolbox to kind of face check that ice and basically you go right well I've probably got two or three ways to break this ice. What's the cheapest and most efficient way for me to do that? And Steam Hack's so much better when you're playing Clone Ship and SMC. Yeah. Because you can get multiple breakers with the money. You yeah. see you see one and the other, and if you're playing six like we are, then you've you're definitely you'll, well, unless you've got the worst <laughs> shuffle in the world, you'll you're always gonna be able to see it and get at least two of your breaks we out fairly quickly. Makes a big difference. Um and it just takes away the um the windows that sometimes like Haley decks open up um, because they're just dirdling, building up their board state. Um, you know, you also got Artist Colony, stuff like that, to mm. go and get stuff. With my, um, but yeah, it also it feels like you've actually got a trick. 
it's the closest thing I could find. Um, it's probably worth touching on criminal, but, but yeah. So we sort of are coming back to where we began, which is uh, criminal having lost some powerful cards. Leela is one of the bad matchups for the brain rewiring deck. So yep. for a while, it sort of surfaced as a potential metagame contender, um, but. I think that's dropped off reasonably quickly due to its struggling in other matchups, struggling against some of the other CIs, and just in general being Not of a lower power level. Yeah, it, it, you know, criminal was pretty good for a while, for a long while. I mean, before last... before cycling happened and everything, right? The most popular deck by far was Reg Andy. Like that was like the deck everyone was using with Blues and stuff. Well, like that I'd say Wizard was probably more popular, but. Yes, Andy is definitely popular. Was a popular deck. Hmm. Now that Andy's rotated, which I don't think is as big an issue as people think, but yeah, is Desperado going is massive. Yeah, Temujin going, I think, is fairly big. Um, Count Siphon. Siphon, it's just weird. So, it's not even the fact that Siphon's bonkers busted card, but it is. The fact that now, unless you've got agendas, you just don't really need to protect HQ. Yeah. Um, shortly after the um, this all got announced, we looked at like Lamprey decks for a while and our Anarch because I was thinking no one's going to protect HQ. Why would they bother? And so actually, stuff like Lamprey or um, uh, Bagat mm-hmm. actually seem like quite good calls. Um, couldn't really get anything to work and again CI is always going to protect HQ Dave (laughs) there you go yeah and you know um, so yeah so criminal just left in such a really weird position Um, they've always needed to import a lot of their multi-access but now that's even worse really like Mm. there's less of it around Um, so that makes it harder on them. Uh, they're still importing efficient breakers in a lot of cases, um, and they've lost a lot of their power cards. Like, in fact, probably what you would think of as their top three power cards: Temujin, Account Siphon, Desperado. Yeah. So, they're in a really bad place. Um, I think there's been two criminal decks that I've seen. One of those I'm not entirely sure on. So the first one is Geist. That is not a criminal. That's yeah, just yeah, a blue yeah. shaper. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I think probably Benny's probably developed the, the best list or the as good a list as that's ever going to be. Um, and I think that it's got good matchup overall, but it is relying on Turtle and Dean Lister quite a lot to get kind of those accesses and kind of cover the weaknesses of the Cloud Breakers, which is being used. Um, the other one is. <laughs> Apocalypse Steve, which has been tested extensively within the UK community. You mean by Alex White? By Alex White. Um, again, I'm not convinced that that is the. I don't think even Alex is convinced it's good yeah. enough. But this is the thing: uh, people are just that, messing around. Alex, how ridiculous criminals become, really. That Apocalypse Steve is like the second best option of what's available within that faction. I'm not. I just there's nothing. It's yeah. really, really. They need. They're going to need some a, a big boost, really, I think, to get back into the competitive scene anytime soon. Mm. Um, 
I just don't know what they've got going for them at the moment. Considering criminals are supposed to be all in it for the money, if we are going to go down the theme, uh, thing from like the fact that for economy, like they have to splash for well, liberated accounts or playing like opus or something like that. Probably That's a huge problem. Yeah. yeah, I mean, security testing and bank job are probably the two best in faction economy cards. Security and testing got significantly worse with Desperado. Yeah, right? exactly. Like it's it's worse than it's ever been. Um, bank job is an amazing card even without Desperado in a world where you can pretty much guarantee that you've got an open remote which in a world of CI it's ain't the case <laughs> so it just you know they've got some great HQ pressure cards which in a world of CI is relevant mm. network information sifting you know but they don't that, that's all they've got going and actually generally the right thing to do is just import them into other factions um, when you need them. Uh, and that's Look, I mean, there is something to be said for being able to play three layer of three sifting in your runner deck. Um, and You'd got to be, to be that dedicated to, to like, your CI hate. Yeah. You're really, like, all in, and it doesn't seem great. Essentially what you're doing there is you're saying, I'm playing criminal, I'm kind of hoping that they're going to get flooded early every single game. Um, and... <laughs> that's not really a situation that you want to be in I think while CI is around unless there's um, some good cards coming in the new cycle for criminal mm. I can't see that happening um, anytime but, soon because I, I, I actually think oh, I'm going to say this even though you're probably going to hit me afterwards I actually think no I'm going to let you embarrass yourself go on there's actually, <laughs> if CI wasn't around and wasn't popular I actually think there's a viable Laramie Fist deck by going into making them draw a load of cards using Gander Double bin. Gamba and um, <laughs> Equivocation running R&D a lot. Anyway, so I I do, th- <laughs> while I don't necessarily agree that like Fisk is the deck, I Be do, that deck. <laughs> I do, I do believe that if CI wasn't around and, you know, the courts, there's a good chance that they'd be flooding more often. Um, and therefore criminal would be better because of their HQ pressure cards. Yeah. Um, or maybe I want that to be true mm. because even if you think about the decks that aren't running, aren't CI, what do you see? Well, you see CTM where... They're, they're not just, getting flooded. They're, no, they're just using yeah. DBS. Yeah. Um, like, you need you do you still have an answer. In, and legwork isn't so good against Shinteki. Yeah, against Jinteki, you know, well, Ag's obviously got a lot of built-in defense, uh, PE and stuff like that. Snare. It's got kill shots. So, yeah, um, yeah it's quite... Criminal is just in a really bad place. Mm. I think that probably sums things up. The only thing that's missing is our predictions for runners in the top four or champion. What, what do you guys think are going to end up there? I'd be very surprised if the majority of the top card was was not Shaper. Okay. So you think it'll be broadly reflective I, of your main game think predictions again? Having spoken to people, there's mm. a number of people who seem to be convinced that there are some really strong Anarch decks. I believe that, that there will be people who have come up with stuff, like secret decks, or like they've come up with a particular idea which is right for the meta mm-hmm. and they will make that right call so I think little things like the Obelisk Hades Shard of last year yeah push them over the edge I mean that was huge hmm. absolutely huge 
Um, so I think that I think there will be some Anarch for sure. I don't know if it'll be as much as Shaper, um, but I think there will definitely be some. If someone other than a Geist player makes top 16 with Criminal, I would be so, so surprised. I actually think there's more chance of a mini faction making top 16 than there is Criminal. Agreed. Alright, I think that's a good place to leave it. I, I think I broadly agree with that. I think it'll be split largely between Shaper and Anarch, and I think it'll probably be pretty even. Right, well, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope that we haven't made fools of ourselves in too great an amount. Um, but uh, we have. <laughs> but that's our, our metagame predictions from, uh, what is it, four days or so out from Worlds, what we think is going to happen and, and what we're going to be playing. So we'll uh, see how this plays out. And uh, by the time you're listening to this, we hope we've uh, done pretty well. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at thewinningagenda at gmail.com. If you want to tweet at us, you can tweet at Winning Agenda. If you want to check us out on um, uh, our website, it's www.thewinningagenda.com. And if you want to throw a few shekels our way, you can head to www.patreon.com/slash/thewinningagenda. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys.